Hey everybody, welcome back to the Pixels Podcast, the podcast about all the nerdy things we love and enjoy. As always, we're your hosts, I'm Will, that's Blake, and today we're here to talk about our B&B D&D, but it's not our CR B&B D&D, it's our WWW B&B D&D. Now, we I know no stop. one knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, we, we need to stop. Uh, we have to stop. <laughs> yeah, but for those curious... Bread and butter, Dungeons and Dragons, because that's what we like to talk about. But yes, today we are talking the Wizard, the Witch, and the Wild One of Worlds Beyond Number, um, episode seventeen, I think. I yes, um, in my name. That's right. Um, but before we jump into that, as always, quick a couple of announcements. Um, we're actually hot off our first ever YouTube live stream. So for any of you guys that came to that, thank you so much. It was a blast. We plan on making that a regular occurrence. Um, those will be, uh, at least for the time being, every Friday at 1 p.m. Central Time. Um, this first one was just about 30 minutes. That's going to be the typical plan. So just a quick little hangout. Come catch up, ask us any questions. We'll probably talk a little CR, a little Worlds Beyond Number. Um, but yeah, it was really fun. So, and I guess, are those VODs going to be available? It should be on the channel, for yeah. Anyone that, for anyone that cares, yeah, if you yeah. missed it, that should be on the should channel on to there. check out. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of fun. Um, sorry, were you about to say something? No. Oh. Um, other than that, just the normal normal stuff. We're talking Worlds Beyond. We're talking Critical Role. And I I think that's... It's just those two things right now. Um, and D&D. Just general D&D, D&D stuff. Too. Yeah. If you have a question about DMing or you know running your own games um, or have your own ideas you want to share, uh, that's a great place to do it too. Yeah, so definitely check that out. We would love to have you. And uh, in addition to that, as always, uh, you should join our Discord. It'll be linked down in the description below. Um, it's been really fun. We have a lot of people join recently, have some really fun D&D conversations. And uh, I know if you're watching this video, I don't need... You're the choir. I'm preaching to you, but would love to have more Worlds Beyond uh, community members. So if you haven't joined already, come join. Get that discussion going. Uh, but we also have watch parties every Sunday night, um, not related necessarily to D&D, uh, just watching movies or sometimes one shots. Uh, mm-hmm. It's been a lot of fun. And I think we might start doing some like Christmas holiday movies uh, to get mm-hmm. in the get in the spirit of the season so that'll be every sunday night at 7 30 p.m central time i was uh, trying to think of like if i had a really awful like netflix christmas movie to just like be like we're watching this <laughs> but i don't know any so i oh, can't i'm sure there's plenty <laughs> i couldn't make that joke so <laughs> but, but yeah anyhow. um anything else before we dive in i don't think so Alrighty, well, without further ado, let's get into some Worlds Beyond Number. And um, as always, we're going to start out with a recap to get everybody back up to speed. Um, and so this is episode 17, Say My Name. So we pick up in the Citadel, uh, and it's a hot day on the training courts where Ursulon is training with Steel and is basically getting just bested by her. Um She never gets tired. She also is like super calm and controlled the whole time, you know, basically just showcasing how skilled she is. Um, They finish up their little session and Ursuline mentions that he does want to start using a shield. Um, 
Steel's like, okay, we can get that figured out. And um, she also says that, you know, with Ame, you know, on the road to recovery now, you know, I don't know what your plan is, Ursalon, but just should you want, you are welcome to continue living here. And Ursuline's like, I really love it here, but, you know, like staying in one place is something I've never done. But as long as Suvi and Ame are here, I'll be here. And uh, Steel follows up and is like, well, if you weren't going to stay here and you were going to go somewhere else, where would you go? And Ursuline's like, I don't know. Um, and then Steel's like, you know, Suvi told me a little bit, but I don't know the full story. But I just wanted to let you know that the Citadel in the past has helped spirits get back to the spirit world that were trapped here. So should that be something you're interested in, you have, you know, my full resources to try to help you do that. Um, and she, I feel like she's kind of probing for more information on how he was trapped here, but Ursulan doesn't reveal anything else about it. Right. Um, <clears throat> so it's been about a week since Ame woke up. Uh, we kind of cut to them. The Fox is getting plump and reinvigorated after, you know, having been up for a month. Um, and Ame has just done a lot of exploring over the past week, um, inquiring about certain people that she now remembers from getting all of her memories back. Um, specifically, there is mention of Golt the Artificer, Sly of the Brooch, uh, Pomeroy, I believe. Um, <clears throat> and she's just doing investigation checks and actually rolls a nat 20. So Brennan's like, okay, I'll tell you everything. <laughs> and uh, he says that, she realizes that this curse that was on her was kind of ar arresting her coronation as the witch of the world's heart. Effectively, that there like wasn't a witch of the world's heart, even though Ame, you know, was alive and existed. Um, and now that she has her memories back, there kind of is suddenly a witch of the world's heart again. Um, and he also tells her that, you know, Grandmother Wren knew and liked wizards, but she never really collaborated directly with the Citadel, just specific wizards so Ame does find people here that are very happy to share and help her with information um, she learns that Galt the Artificer works in Haverwort at a place called Tilliver Mill and that the spirit Pomeroy works in Zhao Court um, at the Kashaw Collection in Gossamer Plaza and the wizard Sly works in Kabani Court <laughs> one of great. the uh, <laughs> grand diviners and specifically the head diviner of the office of preemptory catastrophic deviation. Um, so then we cut uh, to Suvi. <clears throat> what has she been up, up to over the past few days? Um, and she has just been going above and beyond trying to be like the best little wizard apprentice uh, prior to her name day uh, that, that is coming up. So she is just trying to do all the errands, all the like the chores, all of her duties to the best of her ability so that no one thinks she is undeserving to take the name Sky. Um, we then cut and it's to the Pyrian Dome, like in the, in the middle of the, or I don't know if it's the middle of the night, but I think it is because everything is like yeah. dark except for these um, eerie green, like green and purple fire around the Pyrian Dome. And there are five seats with all of the Archmages of the Citadel. Um, Silence, uh, Suvi's mentor, um, the Archmage Serenity, the Archmage Sorrow, the Archmage Saber, and the Archmage Sand. <clears throat> and off to the side from them is Steel. Silence is first to speak and says, She who has come forth to receive a cloak of shadows that might conceal her name, that she could wield the power of her title and obscure the comings of her character, the origins of her history, the to and fro of days well spent, might be managed behind a word of power. 
Suvi, she is called, and her name, and Steele joins in here and whispers, um, Suverin Kadberakat, um, <clears throat> silence then continues, speak now and tell the word in order and defiance of what may be perceived what you truly are. And in, in kind of an internal monologue, um, Suvi is thinking about the version of the sky that she will claim for her own. It's the one she saw when she was six years old on the night that everything happened with her parents mm -hmm. and there were explosions in the sky, but it was also um, snowing and the stars were visible. And as the world was being blown apart, the sky kind of contained it all. Um, and she remembers never seeing anything that big before. So that is the sky that she claims. And she says, I am the wizard sky. Um, the Archmage Saber then stands uh, and says, What power then that the great firmament might rain down, weather, thunder, lightning, great powers, to cover all and with its judgment mete out what it sees fit? The Archmage Sand says, What cannot be seen, whose weightless weight we bear down each day upon our shoulders, turns the mountains into dust, subtlety in the movement in the spaces unseen, the dominion of your title. The Archmage Sorrow Things eternal that have been with us since the dawn of time, wisdom in the watchfulness and a constant partner, ever above defined by its distance. The Archmage Serenity, movement, life, in a desert beyond which no growing thing can be seen from our vantage point. Um, we see the beginnings, wisps of vapor that will become storms, rain to fall upon our forests and fields, a partner in a dance to sustain the world forever. And finally, the Archmage Silence. The sky is not the weather nor the wind. The sky holds all things. Let it be known that vastness is yours. The sorrows it will bring you, that you and your road are vast and broad and lead to all places. Many who have destiny curse it. But what a burden to be able to choose any path under the sun. She is called hmm. Sky. And it's at this point, <clears throat> lightning strikes the top of the Irian and all across Umora, every instance of the name Suvi or Suverin Kadberakat is stricken and replaced by the word sky. Um, the name is swallowed up by her name cloak, except in the places in which it was written um, by one from whom it was given. So a handful of places, a handful of people still know that she is Suvi. Um, <clears throat> and right after this, we kind of have a quick like flashback section where Suvi goes to both Ursulon and Ame and explicitly mm -hmm. gives them uh, her name so that they can remember that she is Suvi. Um, so she does that. And then we cut back to the present. She is called sky and she and steel embrace, um, and steals like huge fan of your previous work, uh, referring to like the previous wizard sky. And she says, you'll put them all to shame. And Suvi's just like, I'm going to do my best to live up to the love and care and time that you invested in me. And she's like, that's the first promise made by the third wizard sky. Um, and she says, you have my promise as well. I will do everything I can do to be worthy of your devotion um, and to the memory of those that came before. And she says, um, you know what? Or, or Suvi says, you know, can I can I now learn my parents' names? And uh, Steele says that, yeah, um, I'll take you tomorrow because tonight Suvi is going to go celebrate. Mm -hmm. uh, and you want to take it from there? Yeah. So um, in the last probably like, 40 minutes to an hour, it is basically a massive party for Suvi. Um, and Suvi has told her friends, like, you know, we are, you know, we're going to get wild tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and, and it is. There are people from all over. Um, there's tons of food and drink. 
and um you know bear the strongest man in silbury is remembering why he loves the citadel so much uh, as he's enjoying plenty of that food as well um there's a moment during the party though where suvi and um um ame go to the bathroom which brennan describes as you know smelling like a bathroom with like sort of some sort of like magical cleaner for it and while they're in here they note this light coming from the ceiling through like the windows that are above them and they know this to be the scry spell uh it's then when they look at out at the windows on the sides to see what brennan describes as horrible creatures um spider-like creatures with a single eye um to which ame uh identifies as um was it pixies or fairies uh fairies i, I believe yeah fairies um the fairies uh take one of their tendrils and poke on the glass and actually break through it and two fairies uh make their way in and they're very it's kind of hard to describe um they they are looking for Ame. They've come to find the Witch of the World Heart, and they immediately are asking, like, is this your castle? Like, is this your place? Um, and by the way, there is an amazing voice that um, is overlaid over Brennan's voice. It's just really great. Um, and they begin to talk to Ame, and they are here to represent, uh, I think it's the Witch of the Wind and Stars, yes. I believe. And they um, essentially, it is uh, a witch who's part of the uh, enclave that Grandmother Rin was part of. And the witch is reaching out to basically be like, hey, it's been some time and we haven't heard from you. While this is happening, um, um, Ursulon is enjoying the party. And there is a character who walks in, a, I think, Tamuri, uh, which is, I believe, one of the spells personified right is that what a tremory was i couldn't I remember i was gonna ask you i think that's what it is um but this tremory they connect eyes and um uh, ursulon begins speaking to her her name is i think adina and adina is seeking to find uh archmage saber who is mysteriously missing from the party and curiously it seems to not be uh, found anywhere. Uh, Adina leaves. Um, Ursulon sees that in the bathroom there is these fairies and some conversation happening. So he begins to like keep people out of the bathroom. And his immediate answer is people are having sex in there. <laughs> um, and so people are like, oh, oh. And then the fox hears that excuse and goes up near the door and begins like being the perfect fox that he is, <laughs> um, just saying really funny things, trying to pretend like he's having sex. Um, as Ame and, um, Suvi or Sky are talking to the fairies, uh, Ame decides to basically write a note to send to the witch of the wind and stars. It's basically like, I'm sorry, I've been delayed. Um, you know, signed the witch of the world heart. But as she gives the letter away, one of the fairies asks, um, if they can have a name. And Ami says, um, which Brennan takes to be a name. <laughs> and the fairy explodes. And then the second one asks if they can have a name too, <laughs> to which they're like, 
hang on, hang on. This seems <laughs> seems like we don't fully understand what's happening here. Um, and I think there was also like some order given, like where the fairy like ripped its own head off and then like put it back on. Um, I think the anyway. fox ripped into one. The fox bit one in half, mm-hmm. uh, and then it came back together. But then the second one like pulled off its own head oh. and then, like put it back on <laughs> or something. Um, very terrifying. While this conversation is happening, Silver, uh, Suvi's boyfriend esque, yeah. walks up and is like, "Hey, Ursulan, you know what's? Is everything okay in the bathroom?" And he's like, "Oh yeah." He's keeping this excuse that people are having sex in the bathroom, and he's like, "But I saw Ame and Suvi going in there," <laughs> and he's like yes and he's like oh i didn't know they and he's like no no they're it's not them it's the fox the fox is like pleasuring himself on a doll or something (laughs) he's like and suvi and ame are just in there with it and he's like yeah and anyway silver ends up leaving uh i think the way brendan described it was he was like Nope, that's not for me. <laughs> like Silver like left the party or something. Um, Ursuline comes in and is basically like, hey, I think I may have made things kind of awkward with you and Silver. Um, Suve leaves. The party kind of comes to an end and she basically chases after Silver. And um, outside of the party, uh, it's revealed that Silver has some pretty warm feelings to, to Suve and was kind of caught off guard that she might have another relationship and it kind of hurt a little bit. Um, and, uh, Suvi also mentions two things like, Hey, I heard the Archmage Saber is missing, uh, to which Silver's like, well, that doesn't really make much sense. But the second detail is she tells about the fairies who were scrying and who came to the Citadel and Silver seems really bothered by this, not bothered, surprised, like, wait, they came here to the Citadel, uh, to which Suvi's like, yeah, isn't that weird? Um, all that to say, we cut to the very end of the night where Suvi is going to Silver's place um, to spend the night and Silver is tears down his face is I think either reading a letter or like getting his bags together. And he mentions that one of the garrisons has fallen uh, and he must leave that night. Um, and that is episode 17. Say my name of worlds beyond number. And if you want to hear our full thoughts and discussion, check the link for the full video. Yes, sir. Boom, boom. Uh, I think I forgot to say that at the beginning, so I'm glad you said it there. Yeah. Um, But yeah. Fantastic episode. It was. Really fun. The, um, I mean, as always, the sound design, so good, especially during the, uh, the name cloak section. The name cloak section was awesome. I thought the pixies, or I keep saying pixies, the fairies were just like so perfectly horrifying. Yeah. And, could just tell they were having such a freaking awesome time i think um um i don't think it was a bria maybe it was a bria who said it but one of them said um uh, maybe it was erica but like if you could see brennan's face right now as he's because there was like the line to like they're like is this like your throne room or something and like (laughs) like don't you poop and it like you know showed its butthole or lack of a butthole i guess um but you know, it's always good when players are having a good time. Yeah, that so. was that whole section was really funny. Um, I love, yeah, I love that recurring bit of like, is this your castle? It's like, no, this is a bathroom. Yeah. Um, all right, a, a few different things to talk about here. Um, I guess, I guess we could just go in chronological order. Um, we have the the name cloak ceremony. Mm-hmm. We've got a little bit more shed on the kind of the world building lore with this. So we pick a name. And the real name is literally 
stricken from the planet via Very matron of ravens esque like yeah like the name is gone yeah um, which i thought was very interesting yeah it, it reminded me of that and it also reminded me of um uh the spider-man with dr strange like casting the spell to make everyone right forget him or whatever um very very interesting because i'm curious because something we talked about in previous episodes um regarding the names was how like none of the younger generation knows the older generation's names because they've all had their name ceremonies by then so they all go by their pseudonyms um whereas like an older person would know the younger person's name because they have not had their name cloak yet right i thought it was like a a method of of power and a method of of keeping people down but now i'm curious because it seems like this spell wipe like so for example all the archmages know suvi's name but do they now, now that this has happened, if Suvi didn't explicitly give them her name like she did with Ursulan and Ame? So I'm curious. Like I think for the most part, most adults that knew Suvi's name now don't. But I'm curious if there are any exceptions that are built into whatever this spell is where like certain members, i.e. the Archmages, potentially Steel, whoever do still retain the name or if it truly is gone for everyone aside from who Suvi explicitly gave it to. I feel like the Archmages maybe would still have that kind of like insight, but other than them, like literally every person, unless they've been explicitly given the name by Suvi now think of her as Sky. Cause that was interesting too. I think Brennan even said like, even when you say Suvi, people hear sky yeah like that's how powerful the magic is yeah that was really cool which we didn't get a little vignette of suvi giving her name to steel but i think i mean like the impression i think is that steel still knows it yeah is that I think so you think so too yeah i think she gave it to steel steel uh ame and ursalon and maybe silver I don't know. I don't think she did give it to. Well, I guess we don't know how it how it works. Hypothetically, is yeah. what I mean. Though. Well, right. I just meant because there's that scene where Ame is like testing it and kind of teasing him, being like, "Why is the Suvi blue?" And he hears, "Why is the True. sky blue?" So True. I wonder if, and maybe it still wouldn't work in that same way. Where like, can people that both know it hear when somebody else says it? Um, but if well, that is true, then he doesn't know. Since Suvi's parents are dead they can't give the names so yeah that's interesting like so steel can on their behalf yeah that's interesting maybe maybe because they're dead like maybe that magic yeah. isn't in place anymore i don't know that is that's that's interesting or maybe because she was gifted the name she can give it which would be like an interesting thing of like who do you trust mm. but it, it does seem it does seem to be need to be some sort of explicit ceremony or else yeah, you know, Ame saying it to Silver, you know, he would have heard True. it since she knows it. So it must it, it it must be complex, but that is interesting to think about. Um, but yeah, I so I'm fascinated by the name stuff. Um, we got a little bit of, I mean, really not even really. Oh no, we did, we did. I wrote it down. We got a little bit of, what's the word I'm looking for? History, I guess, or insight onto the name sky uh because we know that she is the third one to have it where did i write this down the first one was involved or responsible for the sand 
being created around the Citadel. Yes. So the first one was one of the OG crew that founded the Citadel. Um, and so there were in that same section, there were some dates listed. So I wrote these down to kind of help flesh out our world building here because also, um, steel mentions that in like the grand scheme of the world, wizardry is very new. Um, so the Citadel is only about 200 years old. Like it's, they're about to come up on the 200th anniversary. Um, the year currently is 1670. So that puts the Citadel at around 1470. Um, Mm -hmm. we were told the first college of summoners was 1440. So I don't know if that's like the precursor to the Citadel or just like a different magical sect that was maybe like the first official. Um, and then that the lingua arcana, which is spell casting as far as I I think that's like the the core religious text, I think of the Citadel. Yeah. Like, yeah, that was only coined a hundred years prior to the college of summoners. So roughly 1340. So really the year is 1670. I'm not saying magic didn't exist before that, but magic as like a thing that was studied and practiced is only 300 years old in a world that's 1600 years old. So like, that's kind of crazy that it's that fresh, you know, and fascinating for sure. And it kind of like kind of similar to our own human history, really, like in terms of like the industrial and technological revolution, like like technology and stuff is happening so fast in the grand scheme of like life on this planet, you know. So it's crazy to think of like the main one of the main conflicts that we've theorized so far in this story is kind of like the world of spirits versus the world of of sorcerers. And it's interesting that even in, in such like a blip for wizards existing, like they've already become such a big thing. And like, I don't want to like just straight up call them evil. Cause it's not, it's gray, but like, they're clearly like taking territory and taking, and I don't mean it's like very, um, yeah, this, this is very in line with like Brennan's background of, um, I don't say like being anti-capitalist, but just very well, um, well read and very aware of like, I guess it's such a silly thing to say, but aware of history. Yeah. But it gives me vibes of like, like you mentioned the industrial revolution and like it's advancing so quickly, but we haven't developed the, there's no OSHA, you mm-hmm. know, there's no safety regulations and you know, the whole like safety regulations are written in blood. Like all of this is relatively very new. And I think you're right. Like there's, there's a hard and fast element to it. That's kind of brutish and, um, invasive and reckless yeah. and um which is kind of exciting in a weird way like like ooh, what's gonna happen or what is happening but yeah um and i guess partly why there's war they're in a time of war too um so which is interesting uh steals stories of like the different with lack of a better term ley lines and like when times were when there was great trade, when there was teleportation, like I wonder if that's even only in the last few hundred years that Steele's talking about. I took it to mean even longer, but maybe we're still relatively talking about a short history. Yeah. Prior to this episode, I I would agree that I thought it was like a long time ago that those things were happening. But now with this context, I think it must all be within like the last two, three hundred years max. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. All, all just really crazy. And uh Again, I'm I I don't know. 
it's I don't <laughs> it's it's gray right like it's a gray thing like it's not like one thing is inherently good one thing is inherently bad but it's just interesting to see like the invasive species if I can say that of like mm. wizards and their magic to the spirits in their magic because like for the last mm-hmm. 1400 years the spirits have been the ones mm-hmm. to like control that entire realm and now it's like not that it is yeah. not that it is actually 50-50 but like it that's what's coming to a head it feels like so right and i wonder if <clears throat> this is also something we talked about um that dynamic in a whole is also what some of these conversations have been alluding to with like you know the, the coven of witches talking to rin being like something mm. needs to happen here um especially with rin being the the witch of humanity essentially um I just feel like all, all these things are at least loosely connected. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And there was a Reddit thread about um, how it does feel like there's a lot of lore, a lot of lore coming out as fast. And it, it is kind of hard to keep track of all of it. But um, it's nice, though, because we are getting a lot of history about Umora, whereas the first like 14, 15 episodes, um, I guess. 14 episodes it was um very localized to port talon mm-hmm. um, we're definitely getting a sense of our characters in this world and all the factors in play and that's it's kind of exciting it's fun it kind of feels like brennan is continuing to like paint and craft and yeah. build these things um which i think he's doing a great job at too yeah me too it, it definitely especially these last three or so there's definitely been kind of massive lore bombs but i've I've liked it. And I I think that like, I like that approach to it. Um, Cause it's something like, and I'm sure there's examples of everything under the sun, but like, and I know this is a, I know this is a touchy subject for us these days, but like with game of Thrones, like when you walk into season one, episode one, there's all these names and places, the Lord of this, you know, the house of that. And it's a lot like, and you, unless you read the books, um, you couldn't possibly like keep up or understand with what everything that was being said, but that's, that's realistic to me, you know, like it's not as if you walk into a story and you've been given an encyclopedia to study prior to it. Um, Right. So, so I love this type of lore coming out in this way because it, it does, it is a very rich and deep world that Brennan has built and he's drip feeding us that. And in these last three episodes, sometimes a bit heavier, um, but in times that make sense. And I think it's really fun to put those pieces together, like citing our last 10 minutes of conversation, like thinking about mm-hmm. those dates and putting like, okay, so does that mean this? Um, right. I personally love that stuff. And I think if you're the type of person that's like watching two random dudes talk about it, you probably love it too. Um, <laughs> but so g- give me that all day. Um, but I, yeah, I, I yeah. would be curious of like a more, like I think a more, casual listener if i could call it that would probably be pretty lost like if you just like oh i listen to worlds beyond and you're like oh what'd you think of injury the witch of the you know <laughs> the son of the stars yeah. i'd be like who well um, and this is this is very like stylistic to brennan too in that brennan i feel like brennan can't help himself with like everything like every name is like based in latin and like yeah. you know I, I could not spell anything he names um but it's like in, in <laughs> calamity i mean i think it was episode two maybe three one of the two had like a massive lore bomb and a friend of mine who i recommended it to who had never played D before he was like i'm really liking it but man this episode was really hard to follow 
and I was like, it was a heavy lore episode. He is more casual. Um, whereas me and you, I know we're kind of junkies for like, give me the lore, yeah. give it all to me. So, yeah, but yeah, anyway. Clemmy is a great example. Same situation. Uh, cause mm-hmm. even if, even being familiar with critical role, that didn't really <laughs> help me that much because this was a brand new place. Like all these titles that they have, it's like, Oh, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's funny you say the, you don't know how to spell stuff because I don't either. So it's funny, like in my notes, when he says something, I'm like phonetically typing it out so I can remember how to say it. Like, yeah, a tour or whatever. I would have like a dash C A Y dash D A dash. Did you notice he changed the pronunciation? Yeah. I, I was wondering if I was like, did I write that wrong down? Yeah. Or did I write that down wrong the first time or did he just change it? Yeah. And maybe he realized it was pronounced a different way. Like, cause I, I do know he has like a history of using Latin um with his names and so maybe in hindsight he was like oh it's actually would have been pronounced this way or yeah no could be that or honest could just be slip of the tongue or just you know because like you know matt's done that a million times like the first time he'll say an npc says it one way but then it like yeah colloquially becomes something else um yeah uh but yeah i did notice that um yeah but yeah loving loving the lore um yeah so we um, had a party. Had a party. We met two fairies from the Witch of the Wind and Stars. Stars. Uh, um, yes. And had just a very interesting conversation. I'm, I, I think like the macro conversation is like, like you mentioned in the recap, this curse was keeping her from like ascending to her proper position. And then like, once the curse was lifted, it was like, I think of like a sonar, like blip, like, Oh, she's there. There is one. Yeah. Um, so I think that's interesting. I personally don't have much to say about it other than just like, it's very interesting. Like who would gain from preventing that? I'm very curious about that. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts there? Not, I mean, not specifically on that other than like conversations we've kind of had already, like with the, like what's going yeah. on with the stranger trying to, we at least know specifically that the stranger is trying to utilize a weakened or absent, witch of the world's heart. That's not to say he was the one that cursed. Um, right. Ame well, necessarily. Um, what I was going to say separate from that was just the, I mean, more lore stuff, the functional pieces around these familiars, these fairies, mm. and specifically this thing around giving a name. Which, yeah, there's been this theme around names and there's power in a name mm-hmm. and, you know, stronger creatures have more, more than one name. Here are two fairies that I guess had no name, which on the hierarchy is that, does that mean you're like at the very bottom and by like bequeathing a name, like you've, it was very Dobby-esque for me. Yeah. Um, from Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, what was your take on that whole thing? Yeah, I was very interested in that, especially to kind of, I, f- I feel like it was a deliberate choice from Brennan to kind of juxtapose that with the the whole name ceremony with Suvi. Like we were kind of seeing like almost a pinnacle of a name. Not really. I mean, there's obviously far more powerful people than Suvi, but like that whole ceremony versus this peon that when it gets a name, <laughs> it dies. So like, I don't know if you viewed it this way, but for me, it, like it wanted to die. Like it wanted release. So for me, I was viewing it as like this thing has been subjugated and which I mean, familiars 
kind of by definition are like subjugated by their master and work for their master. Obviously they're more comforting versions of that, like with Ame and the Fox, but the way this was presented, it made me feel like, you know, this thing was either created or subjugated by the witch of the wind and the stars and like forced to, to do her bidding. And so it's like, give me a name so I can please escape this dreadful existence. Um, otherwise I don't know why they would be so excited to get a name when they just explode, you yeah. know? Well, maybe they just, maybe, maybe I'm the more optimist on this conversation. Like maybe they ascended in a way that leaves behind their physical form. Like maybe they're spirits in their nature. And by getting a name, they can return yeah. to the spirit realm or something. I don't know. Okay. It, uh, yeah. It, other, otherwise it is pretty like, yes, give me a name. And then now I'm dead. So, I mean, yeah, they paint that witch <laughs> in a much more negative light. True. I, I could see that, you know, like they're, they're being like trapped or forced. And so they want release and maybe not to just die into nothingness, but to maybe like return to the, the spirit realm or something i could see that but in in any case though it did feel like a like especially the second one that really wanted a name and like suvi kind of was like flirting with like oh i want it like i think if they did give it a name it was just going to explode i don't but it didn't seem I like think it was gonna, they thought i think that. it was going to explode but i don't no i think they i think they thought that is maybe why they were hesitant to do it is they were like we, maybe we shouldn't do this but I'm uncertain as to the implication of the explosion, whether it's whether they are in agony and want to explode or whether things are as they seem and it is actually death. I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, and it's probably like not a big thing at all, but it will be interesting to see if when Ame does meet with this witch, if she's like upset that you gave my familiar a name, you know, like, yeah, I, yeah you know, you owe me a new familiar type of thing or something. And again, I don't know if using the word familiar is appropriate here or not because they're fairies and, you know, there were multiple of them. I don't. Familiar is the right word only because I think silver used that word later on. Well, I think, I think, I think it's, he did. And it's because Suvi did, because that's what she, like, she didn't say fairy. She said familiar. And so I don't know if that was just like a, in the moment, like kind of a slip of the tongue or if it was like, yeah. Okay. Intentional. Um, That's a good point, actually. But yeah, so I'm I'm very curious, and so Ame, there's no world's heart witch now. There kind of is, um, but Ame's been out of commission for a month, and even prior to that, there's been a number of weeks where she's left the the fane of power that is that cottage or whatever, and has been traveling around. So like, there's I think the the witch of the wind and the stars mentioned like. Many notices have been sent. Um, there's been no reply. And so that's why it's kind of come to this point of I've sent familiar fairies to the Citadel to find you. Mm-hmm. Um, but one, I wanted some clarification if, if you picked up on it. <clears throat> Were they saying that Mr. Soup, you know, who is the, the spirit that is kind of watching over the place while Ame is gone. Were, were they saying that? even Mr. Soup wasn't answering or were they saying like, we've been looking for you and all we get is Mr. Soup. I think it's the latter. Like we've been sending missives, like giving them to Mr. Soup. Who's kind of like been collecting your mail. Okay. That's That's kind of the impression I got. That's what I thought too. But I was, I wasn't fully clear and I was like, wait, are they saying Mr. Soup is like MIA? Uh, But there didn't seem to be any sense of urgency or like anything. So I didn't think that was the case. (laughs) 
like 20 episodes episodes later brennan's like you really should check on him (laughs) (laughs) he's dead um but yeah so i'm just i'm curious what like i mean clearly they're part of a coven so i'm sure this is in some ways just like formalities or like official goings on that must happen now that there's a new one but i'm curious what this witch wants and like is it formality is it new and if so like where why aren't the other witches getting in contact maybe they've tried or maybe maybe indri is like specifically the one in charge of this um but we at least know that it wasn't marara was that her name mm-hmm. so it wasn't her and um yeah i guess i guess what i'm getting at is i'm just curious what she wants mm-hmm. and if it's related to all of these other bigger things that we've been talking about this episode. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, it's, it definitely feels like a, Hey, this is going to be a plot thread, but maybe not the most pressing one. Um, Cause it feels like the most pressing one. It feels like Brennan's laying groundwork. Actually, I don't know. Cause I think silver leaving. I'm like, is that the direction they're going to go? Like we're going to go to that garrison, but then there's this weird thing about Archmage Saber missing, or like not being maybe missing strong too strong of a word. It was missing, right? Yeah, like their like, main I'm guardian couldn't find them, so that yeah, because Archmage Saber was uh, Silver's uh, mentor. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So and Saber is the like the military one, right? Of the five. Yeah. Um, but then we don't have any, I don't think we have any context for Fort Kieran, which is the, the one that right. Saber mentioned had fallen or not Saber silver had mentioned had fallen. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, <clears throat> so are those two things connected? Like they kind of seem like they would be like the military mage is missing and we just lost a fort, but we know that Saber at least was in the Citadel like an hour earlier and this fort is presumably somewhere else. Um, yeah, I actually missed the detail that Saber was the military person. And, and so I thought they were just two different plot threads, like where are they going to go? But knowing that it feels like there would have to be a connection. Yeah. And I'm wondering, I don't think these two things are connected in the, Witch of the wind and the stars, breaking in breaching the citadel which they seem to be concerned about and whatever's going on with the military stuff so i don't think those are connected but i certainly think silver's gonna think there's a connection like oh the same night a a powerful witch managed to breach our defenses and get in here and an archmage goes missing you know like i wonder if that's gonna cause any well, he's obviously leaving, but I still wonder if that plot point will cause any friction between like yeah. the Citadel powers that be and Ame. If, yeah. if they find yeah. out, I mean, I guess they'd probably still tell steel at least. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, if, real quick on the arc mages, uh, they, they weren't like explicitly all explained what they were, but um, we know silence is like the top dog. Seemingly they, Brennan mentioned like being ancient, I think when he described him. So that made me really curious about like mm-hmm. how old are these people? But Saber was described as a military mage. <clears throat> uh Sand was just described as like being very beautiful. Um Sorrow was described as being kind of like hooded 
and like you mm-hmm. couldn't really see right. their face and kind of like secretive is how I took it. Um, Serenity was described as being like short, kind of fat, like jolly almost. And uh, oh, that's all of them. And then silence, obviously. Um, so, you know, with ones like Saber, it's more clear of like what their role is. But it's just really interesting to think about like how the duties of these five are are split. And we also got the impression up until this point, and I mean, I guess still through this point, but that like silence was kind of like senile, like he's sleeping all the time. Like Suvi was kind of mad that like that was her assignment. But it's interesting to know that he like literally is like the top dog ancient. Like, yeah, I'm cu- I'm curious, like it is both can be true. Like maybe he yeah, is just right. at the end of his life and is not that potent anymore. Um, But I, I just made me wonder, you know, yeah, the whole like um, not fully cogent thing for me feels more like an intentional story point in that first episode to like help spur on the reason for Suvi needing to leave. Like, I need mm. to get out of here. I'm yeah. wasting my potential. Um, and not to like retcon that or downplay it, but it it feels like dude was taking a nap. And yet at the same time, it's like you said, um, this is the most powerful, um, one of the five. Um, so though it's interesting if that being true, we haven't really got any insight on like Suvi's apprenticeship, which are there, are there more than one? I can't remember. Like, does she have other like peers? I think the I implication think so, right? is that like all of the arc mages have apprentices. I don't know if, I don't know if like silence has more than Suvi, like if that's what you're asking. Well, all I was getting at was like, you know, if you're the apprentice to like the main person, right. I guess it's a bit of a plot hole for me of like, you'd think there'd be like a more earnest or eager. Um, I don't know. Maybe, and maybe it is that he, he's just that in name alone and title alone. And it really, like use like a lack of potency, a loss of potency. Maybe that's why there's a, a disinterest there. I don't know, but I, I'm curious if we're going to get more of an interaction with, with Sky and um, um. There's so many S names, man. I can never keep keep track of them. <laughs> yeah. Um. Silence. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but I don't know. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, I I, I think you were. I th- again, I think both things can be true, but I think you were kind of hitting the nail on the head with like, that was kind of the impetus for the story all along is that Suvi was kind of restless and bored. And I do think it also makes sense that like silence could be Omega powerful and yet still just the bureaucracy and the way you move up the corporate ladder as it were is like, Hey, you have to be an assistant, you know, like being someone's apprentice is not learning the coolest spells and going into battle with them. It's no, like you got to write their books and you got to do this. Um, so I just think, I think both those things can be true. You know, like he silence could be all that in a bag of chips, but still in essence of being an apprentice, you're, you're doing the busy, boring work. Yeah. True. Um, yeah. It's like, you know, the amazing professor who has the grad assistant who, yeah. you know, writes up all the things and reads all the sources and gets the lit reviews together yeah. and you know what have you. But I would, I'm not saying this is the case, but it would be kind of interesting if on some level that was even like a, a mask, like being the old senile mage. Like the Game of Thrones, uh, yeah. Character. Yeah. I think of his name. Master, uh, pie <clears throat> or something. 
Picel. I know who you're talking. Mason oh yeah, Picel. I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, It'd be interesting. Yeah, and it makes it makes me curious how old all of the arc mages are because at least Silence is the only one that was like described as old, but like they're all spell like maybe silence is just that much older like i wonder if even like the young beautiful sand is still like old or if she's just like a prodigy Mm -hmm. um yeah really curious to find out more about like what each of them do um and then yeah the military one being missing a fort going down we know there's like a illuminati within the citadel like is this have they made a move is that what's happening here could one of them be one of the League of uh, Whispers. One of the Archmages, I mean. Um, wait, I, I'm getting confused again. Which one is th- which one is su- which one is the good guy secret squad? Is that the Akedator? Uh, okay, so League yeah. of Whispers was the, the bad guys. Yeah. Um, I mean, you'd think that probably at least somebody high up is a member. Yeah, I think that's an interesting plot thread. The potential of one of the five being a member of the league of whispers for sure. I think there's, I think there's a pretty solid bet on something like that for sure. Agreed. Um, there was one, there was something else I wanted to touch on and I've, I've lost it, but I'm looking through my notes. Um, is there anything else you specifically wanted to touch on? Uh, I was just going to say, I feel like we've kind of got our setting set and I wouldn't be surprised if we, kind of get a more central idea of where this arc is going in the next episode. Mm. So it feels like Brennan has laid the groundwork of the hero's rest and rejuvenate and recover. Here's a couple of tiny details of things Mm. that are happening. And then kind of like a more, not like, you know, the Citadel is going to explode next episode, but um, I just think, I think, we are going to have a more central um, idea of what's what's going to be the plot thread of this arc very soon. I agree. I agree. I think that that military base falling is kind of like the first domino and mm-hmm. what's going to be a big thing. And then, if, and then the witch storyline, which those two things might be tangentially connected, but at least right now, I don't think they're connected. Um, yeah. Uh, I did think of one other thing. It, uh, the Tamori the Tamori that came in and spoke to Ursula on, I, I looked, you were right. That is like the spell brought to life, but that makes me really curious now. Um, Cause again, I mean, I can't remember the, the guy's name, but the bakery owner that was also a Tamori, um, not to take away from their agency or intelligence, but to me, I got that like, okay, it is alive, but it's still like, is very like simple. It serves like a singular purpose. Like I run the bakery, you know? Um, so really interesting to me that a, a Tamori is like the guard of one of the archmages. Like, I didn't think that they would be like sophisticated enough to have like that important of a role. So that, that's very interesting to me to find that out. Yeah. I mean, I think the level of sophistication, I think you can be sophisticated and yet be centrally programmed, if that makes sense. Like this is your one job and yet you're, you have a number of capabilities to make sure it's like, it's like the, the Terminator, right? You know, version one versus like whatever Blake's version there is. But, 
Um, yeah. So I, I could see that being true still, even though it's still um, like, I keep saying centrally programmed, but like programmed for a certain purpose. Yeah. And and not to so. take away from like the, the bakery guy, but I feel like kind of the whole conversation in that episode was Ame, like, you know, wrestling with like the philosophical question of like, what does this mean? Right. And like the general consensus was like, well, they're not people. Like well, that's was kind of like was I feel like presented. Mm-hmm. Um, but so then this was just super interesting to me. And you made me think of two things. Like one, I wonder if there are levels to it. Mm-hmm. Like are all Tamori mm-hmm. equal or like if more spell casting is put into it, can there be like a more complex version? And then also. If this thing is good enough to be the guard of an arc mage, it's got to be a, capable to some extent. Right. So like. Right. Think about their military capability. Like, why, like they're sending. Why aren't they just sending in armies of Tamori? You know, that's a whole nother like philosophical, yeah. moral question. But like, and maybe they, maybe they do. Um, but well, just, I, I think, I think to put limits on it, like, you know, Mei Chan can only lift five pounds, right? Like, maybe this guard is, you know, the what's the shield, shield cantrip or whatever it is, uh, personified. I don't know. That would be um, interesting. But like, you know, they militarily, it, it is a guard, but not like, you know, yeah, we're talking about like the traffic person who, who keeps the traffic while the president drives through. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like a secret, say, secret service agent. Um, so, but I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, that's a good point, though. Um, but yeah, so like when I was listening to the episode, I didn't remember that that's what Tamori meant. So it didn't really even I just yeah. thought it was like a race. Uh, but so, yeah, when you pointed that out, it made a lot of thoughts start rolling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I think that's I still can't remember the other thing. So I think that's the main things I wanted to hit. Yeah, well, same here. And definitely if there's other things that you guys are thinking about or wondering about, there was a lot of lore in this episode. Um, I'd say one, feel free just to drop a comment with any insight or question you might have. Maybe something you figured out if you want to clue us in on. Um, but then secondly, we do, again, a plug for the Discord. We have a channel uh, specifically for Worlds Beyond Number um, that you're welcome to jump in. We love this show, uh, and we'd love to talk to you about it. So that felt like a very desperate, like, please be Please. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, anything else, my friend? Uh, I don't think so. I think that's okay. it. Well, make sure you're checking out our content. Um, we have content almost every day. Um, we have the Discord. We have our watch party on Sunday, our Sunday fun day, and our Friday weekly wrap-up. So you're welcome to any of those things. Pop, pop. Yep. <laughs> we'll see you later. Bye, y'all.